Maybe I sent you to bed and I was watching Strawberry Shortcake in the upstairs living room. Like I'd listen to you, <laughs> dummy. Yeah, I'd pound you into dirt if you did it. <laughs> Hello, welcome to God's the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And today, we didn't talk about what we're going to call this. How do we phrase this? It's a very tricky topic. Long name scary stuff in children's entertainment except that's not really true because i have a genesis music video i'm going to talk about that's right phil collins is not a children's entertainer it's complicated we're going to be talking about things that are inadvertently scary i think the easiest way to break this down for the two of us Mm -hmm. is mostly things from our own childhood yeah yes that has been somewhat traumatizing or freaky yes some of these are popular some of these are going to be things it's essentially a list we've got 10 items here um that we're going to talk about some of them are popularly known Mm -hmm. as as inadvertently spooky things or nightmare fuel as i continually see them referred to in the youtube comments i know uh, constantly nightmare fuel um but by and large these are things that Kristen and i actually saw on television or in movies as kids that have stuck with us forever Mm -hmm. maybe they pop up in your nightmares too yeah yeah i'm sure there'll be some that you're like oh yeah that's right but i do have at least one that will is flummoxed by yeah and may flummox some of you guys out there so we'll see we'll get to it we'll see but before we launch into it we just want to mention that you can follow us everywhere online at gdtu pod if you want to keep up with us during the week you can also go to patreon.com slash gdtu pod if you donate at the netherworld warrior level which is four dollars or more per month you unlock a whole secret podcast that's only over there on patreon that you can put right into your podcast app so it pops up next to everything else there are also So bonus videos, bonus blog posts here and there, random stuff. There are a lot of bonus features over on patreon.com slash GTTU pod that you will want to get into, including something that'll be coming up soon, our monthly subject planning live stream on the first Sunday of every month at 1 p.m. So go over there, check out what we have, get into it. Yeah, honestly, I mean... This past week, we uploaded a couple of things for our Patreon supporters. Uh, one of them is to complete a series we've been doing. Now we have d- got a new commentary for Scream 4 on yeah. Patreon.com slash pod. Completing the first four movies. A full feature-length commentary. It's like you're watching the movie with Kristen and me. Um, you get bits of trivia. You get our personal opinions on it. You get our fan theories. You get some of our looking ahead to what is this announced Scream 5 going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's waiting for you. But not only that, I have had in my uh, personal at-home collection. This is so weird. It's so weird. A bootleg VHS of Scream 4 that I got on eBay for 25 bucks. It's definitely just like a rip-off thing. The the cover art is all janky. The back of the description uh, says, prepare to scream your lungs out. Right. Like, it's not official copy. It doesn't make sense. No, because what's inside could not be less official. No. It's been shrink-wrapped on my shelf. Mm-hmm. But on Patreon. Right now, you can watch Kristen rip through that shrink wrapping, and we pop this sucker into a VCR and watch it to find out what's on it. Felt so good. It was so weird. The actual footage on the tape is far stranger than I thought it was going to be. I never, ever, ever could have guessed. If it feels like we're giving you a cliffhanger, it's because we are. Go to patreon.com slash pod. It's rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you back the show, you get so much weird stuff. Yeah. Um, what a fun little discovery we had. Yeah, it's awesome. Last thing I want to say, uh, you can get all of these things and more at the new home of Guide mm-hmm. to the Unknown, www 
www.gttupod.com. Brand new website. It's going to have everything up there. This is going to be the center of the GTT universe. Yeah. Every single episode, every single bonus material, video, audio, new articles, anything you can want from us, you're going to find it on gttupod.com. So add that to your uh, Internet Explorer books marks bar. That's right. Add it to your books marks. <laughs> Add that to your books marks, <laughs> smart skies. Yeah. So you can get all of our stuff. That's a hub for everything. And it's pretty awesome. And you can also email us at gttupod at gmail.com if there's anything that you want to tell us. If you have a spooky story, if you want to suggest a subject, anything, we want to be in touch. Anything, everything. Send it to us now. Then, that's right. So what we're going to send to you now is the show, the meat of the show. William, why don't I kick it off with something that I feel like is one of the best known or most widely experienced spooky things from childhood. Okay. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 movie, specifically the tunnel scene. Yeah. There's no knowing. I've got the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember it all, but it's a very trippy kaleidoscope LSD trip. It is... So insane. So if you're of a certain age, this might be right where your mind goes when you think of like scary kid stuff. Um, and I'm going to tell you about it. First of all, I did not know that the boat they're on is called the Wonkatania. Oh. I don't remember if they say that in the movie or if that's from the book. That's very weird. Is, what? Did you look up the what the reference is there? No. The Lusitania. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was a <laughs> ship. Yeah. That... I might I might have to research this. I was recently looking something up. I want to say I was looking it up for the show. Uh-huh. And somebody referred to something as being the worst thing since the sinking of the... The Lusitania? Possibly the Lusitania because it was pre-Titanic. Now yeah, anybody right. would use Titanic as colossal sinking ship thing. But way yes. back when it was the Lusitania was the go-to. I think. I think. Yeah. Well, they called it the Wonkatania. Okay. And uh, it had a different kind of horrifying ending to it. A fun fact I found about it is that there's an Oompa Loompa in the Wonkatania who's steering the ship. He's like the captain. Yeah. But the director didn't want to tell him that the ship is actually on a track. There's no need to steer it whatsoever. So he was like Dwight in that episode, (laughs) the booze cruise episode of The Office, where like he's steering the ship and then Michael's like, it's a fake wheel, dummy. (laughs) Whatever. The director was like, it'll keep it realistic. I'll let him think he's steering the ship. So I bet this guy was like, it's all riding on you, Jason. We got to get this thing through the tunnel. We got to get them through safely. Get the shot. It's all you. I can't screw up this take. Not a problem. Gene Wilder needs me. Exactly. So what's happening during this scene? I'm going to assume that you guys know the basic plot of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think most people do. Um, During this scene, they're going from one area in the Chocolate Factory to another via this boat. And they go through this tunnel that is projecting freaky film onto the walls. And not just onto the walls, but onto them because they're in the boat. I don't know where this camera is and where it's pointing, but it's getting on them. It's getting on the walls. It is so weird. Now, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And when I want to wa- went to watch the clip, I found myself being like, ugh, I don't know if I want to watch this. Really? Like, not that I was horrified, but I was like, oh, this thing is so weird. Like, I don't want to watch this. But I clicked it in five seconds. Um, here is what is projected onto the walls of this tunnel in this children's movie. A flying cockroach a millipede crawling over a human face and they couldn't get anybody to do it. Nobody wanted to come in and do this quick acting job of having a millipede crawl on your face. So they got the director's friend to do it. 
an extreme close-up of an eye, a chicken being decapitated. Whoa, really? Yes. It's been a bit since I've seen Willy Wonka. Blood-free, I will say. So I assume maybe a fake chicken. I don't know, but it's it's not super gory, but it's not great. It's clearly a chicken... And it's had somebody coming down with a cleaver. Um, an image of Wonka's rival, candy maker, Arthur, Sh- uh, Arthur, I almost said Shugworth, Arthur Slugworth, right. who's got kind of a scary face, a lizard eating a bug, and a close-up of a scorpion's mouth. What a freak so show. It's an insane freak show. So they go into like a dark tunnel. Then they're like psychedelic colors all over them. Then this projecting. And they're all like, Mr. Wonka, what's going on here? Because like adults and kids. And he's not saying anything. He's just staring. And then he recites this poem. And while he's reciting it, he starts off normal. And he gets more and more manic until he is screaming it at the top of his lungs. But the thing that's crazy. Well, this the thing that's crazy about it. One of the things that's crazy about it is that he is as blank-faced as you could possibly be while screaming at the top of your lungs. Gene Wilder was like the king of coiled rage. Oh, I love Gene Wilder. And watching this today, I was like, this guy's the best. Barely contained. There's no getting around it. This guy is the best. Oh, I love him. But so here is what he says. And by the end of this, just... Picture ramping up until he is screaming, but still keeping his face like this. But the voice of a screaming person is coming out of that face. Try to perform it. People can watch this. No way. Try to perform it. No way. Use the Meisner. (laughs) Okay. So he says, (laughs) I can't do it. I kind of know. He's like, there's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. I'm not doing it. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. He kind of sings this. He's like, is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any sign that they are slowing! But totally straight. I can't do that. Whoa. It's crazy. Whoa. And then the end of it is him just, everybody starts screaming and he starts screaming. So everybody on the thing is like, ah, and he's like, ah, like facing them at them. And then this guy in the bag is like, Wonka, this has gone far enough. And then normal voice, he goes, quite right, sir. Stop the boat. And everything stops. You're out of the scary tunnel and at like, a little dock for them to get out of. Oh. It's crazy. All right. I never liked Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I did. Ever. Yeah. I was always disturbed by it. Mm-hmm. I found it gross from top to bottom. I have nothing new or unique to say about the reasons why. Sure. But the sharing the bed, the grandparents in the bed, head to foot. <laughs> no, thank you. There's a lot. I'm surprised that I like it because I think it falls into the category of things that you and I usually think are gross. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I like it. Oh, no, thank you. Um, you know, you and I, we uh, we all got tickets here to go mm-hmm. to a drive-in theater soon yeah. for some zombie movies. Allie and I are actually going to go there, I think, next week mm-hmm. for a double feature of Willy Wonka and Wizard of Oz. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And uh, I... I'm excited because it's a drive-in theater and I love yeah. going to the movies and obviously going to the movies isn't a thing right now. Right. So I love that as an option. But I am not pleased about the double feature. 
<laughs> I don't like these. Both of these movies I find to be kind of traumatizing. Yeah, I don't love The Wizard of Oz. Mm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they are. They're they're messed up they're movies. Messed it's up. really crazy, and there's there's a lot of behind the scenes that's crazy on them. I was going through the IMDb trivia. I didn't really find anything that applied here, but there's a lot of um. Like not telling the children or the other actors what's actually going to happen to get right? their correct reaction. Don't like that. So they didn't know that Gene Wilder was going to do that during that scene. They obviously knew what the scene was, but they didn't know that he was going to be like screaming and looking like a crazy person doing it. And so I read that. That wasn't even in the trivia. It was in something else I read that's linked in the show notes. But I read that and I was like, eh, I wonder if it's one of those things where that's not actually true and people just say that it's kind of like Hollywood legend. Sure. But you, I think you can actually tell because it's not like the actors are being like over the top acting like in the movie. They're kind of leaning back and looking at him like. <laughs> I, I think it's 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 the movie is obviously intended to be disturbing. I mean, yeah. each one of these kids, there's a an and then there were none quality to it. Yes, where, they're getting picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, they pay some lip service to say that they're all fine, mm-hmm. and you know uh, that one girl goes to the juicing room. Oh my god! Which. Even that's like at that as a solution. Yeah, to be not... juiced is also horrifying. Yes, um, that's not fine. No, even in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton one mm-hmm. with John Depp. Yeah, um, all those kids are killed off one by one as well. But at least at the end of that, when they're revealed to still be right. alive, right? A boy. I, I wonder who this was. I think it. I think it's maybe Mikey TV who gets mm-hmm. beamed and shrunk and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they bring him to the stretching room. It is him. They bring him to the stretching room to get him back to normal size. And if memory serves right, I only saw that movie once. Mm-hmm. When they see him again, you only see this bird's eye view of the kids leaving. Yeah. And Mikey TV is like ten feet tall and wobbly. So they've all been mutilated. Yeah, right. They're all changed forever. Of course they They're are. all, like, their lives have been ruined yes. at least. Unquestionably. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So, yeah, just like, where the hell do these kids go? That's another scary thing. Do they die? Is that what's happened? But we never see them again. And Horace Slugworth, or no, that's from Harry Potter. Horace. Uh, what the hell is this guy's Slughorn name? Slughorn is, Slug- is from Harry Potter. Oh, Slug- you're right. Okay, Slugworth, Slugworth is, is this right. guy. Arthur Slugworth. I find very scary. Yeah. So that is the scary stuff in Willy Wonka that I find terrifying. Nightmare. I also yes. don't like it when they go to Willy Wonka's office and everything is cut in half. I don't either, but I read a cool reason for that being the thing on IMDb. It's that they didn't want it to be that now you're just in a guy's office. So they had to make it up like offbeat in some way. So they decided to do that. What's this guy's deal? That's all well and good, but yes, he's I a know. sick individual. He's a sicko. He's a sicko. All right, I'm going to pick one of mine uh, sort of at random. They're mm-hmm. all pretty bizarre, um, but I'm going to go with this one just because I have the least familiarity with it. And okay. I think as we go, I'll have things that are a little more um, emotionally um, mm-hmm. tortured to say about mm-hmm. things. Let's talk for a second about The Brave Little Toaster. Yes. Did you watch much of this as a kid? No, this is the one on your list that I don't really remember. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people do know what this movie is. I did see this as a kid, but only had like fractured memories of Mm -hmm. it. Nothing that I looked up about the scary parts are what I remembered myself from being a kid. I remember seeing a movie about a cartoon toaster. It's friends with like a rubber napkin or something. I couldn't figure out what the hell a I was looking napkin. at. Yeah, I couldn't figure I it out. I remember it was a landfill. Clearly fabric, but it had a face like a bar of soap, but it uh. was it was like a washcloth or something. I couldn't understand what the hell I was looking at as a child. Were you just thinking of Towley from South Park? Kind of, kind <laughs> of. But uh, I remember them being lost in the woods and desperate. I remember it all being desperate, but it's a cartoon about a toaster. Yeah. And it was so weird to me, this like imbalance 
of what I'm seeing and what's happening to them. Right. He's talking fantastical objects in hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I looked it up because this is like a commonly cited, um, uh, you know, nightmare from your childhood mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Hmm. So The Brave Little Toaster is a movie from 1987. It is a cartoon about a toaster. Forget that rubber washcloth bar of soap thing. It's an electric blanket. And oh, I guess okay. its face is the little electro dial thing. Okay, that rings a bell. But it's, you know, an archaic thing for nowadays. I, I didn't re- recognize I have an electric it. blanket. So do I, but it, do- yeah. it doesn't look like the design from 1987. I'm sure not. So here's the premise of this movie. And then and then you might, it, it might sound familiar. Okay. All right. The brave little toaster and his friends, a vacuum cleaner, a radio, a security blanket, and a lamp are all used by their master. And they have to pretend to be inanimate when the kid's not around. Okay. All right. The movie opens with them living in this cabin that is long since abandoned. Uh Uh-huh. Wondering when Master will come back. Spoilers, he's not coming back. Oh. The house goes up for sale and they all start panicking. Wondering, well, what happened to our Master? We've got to find him. Uh Uh-huh. Do they call him Master? Yes. Okay. So the brave little toaster leads this odd group of appliances yeah. to find their little boy. Okay. Almost exactly the plot of Toy Story. Yeah, right. Here's what Weird. you know, Toy Story is obviously about toys that pretend to be inanimate while their boy is is gone or it whatever. It gives you a little more to work with visually, I feel. They're Toy toys. Story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're going to do a story about a boy, a little boy who's grown up and left his old playthings behind, what are you going to go with? A cowboy toy? And, or his heated blanket. Yeah, and his to- his beloved toaster. That's so weird. His beloved two-slice upright toaster. Yeah. That's what's going on here. Strange. It turns out, I looked a little bit into the background of this. This movie is based on a book, mm-hmm. but Disney bought the rights to it, and a certain John Lasseter was really gunning for making this book into a the first ever fully computer animated oh. children's movie. They turned him down, and they fired him oh. for pushing all this CGI stuff. John Lasseter would go on to direct Toy Story oh. and lead Pixar. So Man. I don't understand what's going on there. It's like he went like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A story about a boy who loves toasters. There's something there, but it's weird. Oh, what if it was toys instead? Yeah, right. And then, you know. That sounds like what would happen. And then history speaks for itself. Toy Story has gone on to have four entries at least, I think. Weird. Anyway, here's some of the nightmare stuff from Brave Little to- Toaster that people cite. Okay. First of all, I looked up a clip where the Brave Little Toaster and his friends are in the cabin alone wondering what's going on. And they're being yelled at, screamed at. By an air conditioner who is voiced to sound like Jack Nicholson. And here is what he says. What? Because they're going like, he he can't have left us here forever. We're going to have to, he'll come back for us. Bah, bah, bah. And then at a certain point, as they're arguing with the air conditioner, they're like, well, listen, you know, we can go find him or he'll come back to us and take us, but you're stuck in the wall. And once they say that, once they say you're stuck in the wall to the air conditioner, they opened a can of worms. It pops off. Holy crap. Well, he's desperate now. He starts going crazy. He goes, just because you can move around, you think you're better You're better than I am. I'm not an invalid. I was designed to stick in a wall. I like being stuck in this stupid wall. I can't help it if the kid was too short to reach my dials. It's my function. 
Oh my God. As he bellows, it's my function. <laughs> he starts glowing red and fire and sparks start shooting out of him. The brave little toaster goes, he's going to blow. And his little toy, his little, not toys, sorry, his appliance friends. It sounds so weird. All run to hide behind a chair and there's an explosion sound. And when they look back, air conditioner is gray and busted. Oh my and god! And what had been his mouth, it, like which is like the filter thing of an air conditioner, is dangling and then falls off. Ugh! No. And they talk about him in the past tense. He's dead. He exploded. <laughs> and Toaster's like, I didn't know he was going to get that worked up. I, I didn't expect it. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I didn't see this coming. I, I, I don't know. He explained it. He got mad and he died. I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh my god! I, I'm 33. I couldn't believe what I was saying. Turns out that voice, by the way, I thought that it was Brad Dura from Chucky. Uh huh. Because Chucky is a Jack Nicholson impersonation, and this kind of yeah. sounded like that. Phil Hartman. Oh. Phil Hartman. Turns out that a lot of the grounds, the groundlings. Yeah. yeah groundlings. John Lovitz plays a radio. A oh. lot of groundlings people are in this. Huh. But it's alarming. There's another scene, and this is the big one that I think people, children, were traumatized by. Yeah. Brave Little Toaster has a memory. Of when he was loved. Okay. Okay. This is the equivalent of Woody, like you know, this at all. Woody having a remembrance of, you know, Andy playing with him and stuff and whoa, when times were great. But this is a, a toaster. Right. Anyway, <laughs> the toaster has a dream where his owner is reaching up to put slices of bread in him and depresses them. And he's, while, while he's waiting for toaster to toast the bread, he's looking in the shiny metal side mm -hmm. and making faces at himself. And boy, oh, what fun. Having a good time. Oh, what fun his master had while he was making the toast. Yes. But then the toaster, toaster starts catching on fire. Oh. And the smoke grabs the boy, dragging him out of the room, which I think is a metaphor for the kid ran because toaster caught on fire. And then inexplicably, a clown dressed as a firefighter appears and is smiling and he's he, he's holding a hose and a fork and he leans down and he gets really close to the toaster and his face is filling the frame and with his teeth gritted he goes run ew and toaster starts running and he starts spraying water at him that comes at him like a tsunami and as the wave comes over to crash down the like little tendrils of the water that are crashing turn into forks oh no pinning trying to stab him then all of a sudden he's hanging from a shower curtain rod plugged in above a filled in tub and he falls into the water and presumably dies in his nightmare. What the so hell? So he wakes up. In the behind the scenes stuff, it said that the people who were writing it, they, were, they had to figure out, well, what would a toaster have? What would be in a toaster's nightmares? And they came up with forks and water. I mean, I see where they I, I understand got their that, logic. But like this whole movie sounds crazy to me. It's. it's it's psychotic, particularly. Why does this exist? I don't know. Particularly, but people love it. People love it. I, I know. know. Particularly yeah. looking at it in a world where we now have seen Toy Story do this yeah, concept right. 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 A boy and his toys, like Brave Little a Toaster, turns out to be about a boy who grew up and went to college and left his old appliances behind. Okay. That He'll is eventually so... take them into his new apartment to be alongside his new cutting edge appliances. Is that what happens? Yes. But also, they end up at a certain point in a junkyard. Which That's... they then did in Toy Story 3. So Toy Story's been pilfering the corpse of the Brave Little Toaster for years. Well, look. 
but doing it right. Yeah, exactly. What what child grew up with fond memories of their vacuum cleaner? Although I guess maybe somebody who worked on Brave Little Toaster or is a Brave Little Toaster enthusiast could be like, yeah, but it fits more neatly when he comes back to get them because an adult is going to need appliances. What's Andy going to do? He's just going to take his toys with him like a baby? That doesn't make any sense. I guess. It is Boncos, yeah. straight boncos. It is psychotic. Um, and then I looked up. They they put a lot of thought into the characterization of these appliances. Mm-hmm. Blanky is an electric security blanket that is insecure without its owner. Security blanket insecure. The bright lampy is mentally dim. Kirby the vacuum is supposed to hold everything inside, but he has a nervous breakdown. Toaster is warm and reflective, so he can easily empathize. Radio is constantly switched on and entertaining. Voiced by John Lovitz. So that makes sense. They probably Type, couldn't. Typecast. They couldn't stop him from nah. entertaining. No, he heard that description. He came running. He said, you rang. Yeah, exactly. So we must have had this on VHS and I saw it or something. I don't think we even have it on v- had it on VHS. I feel like it was on TV. I, I feel like, yeah, you know what? That might be true because I yeah. definitely remember like what must have been like scenes from the middle out of context Yeah, or something. it was like on the Disney Channel or something. Yeah, but it, totally uh, like a vague memory that I've been avoiding confronting all these <laughs> years had it go and having watched some of it you know what i don't like it Nah, it doesn't sound good to me <laughs> i don't like it at all i have no desire to go further into that but there you go that's the first of mine all right all right all right next up i have the alice in wonderland tv movies from 1985 so you may know of these if you didn't watch them when you were a kid these have been there have been clips from the movie that are like popular on youtube in particular a clip of, of uh, carol channing singing the song Jam Tomorrow, Jam Yesterday. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it goes like this. Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, but never ever jam today. Whatever the hell that means. It's crazy. Um, so the this was a two-part TV movie miniseries based on Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, the Lewis Carroll books. It aired on CBS, and it is so scary and weird what the hell is going on. Yeah. Some standout moments that um, jump out for me, maybe for you if you've seen it before. Um, or no, a big one is that Alice runs home from Wonderland. She's like out of out of there and everything. And she runs into her house. She's like, Mom, Dad, I'm home. Like, you must have been worried about me. And she finds out that she is stuck inside a mirror and they can't see her. So she's pounding on it and being like, mom, dad, please. And they can't see her. They go up to the mirror and they're like, you know, fluffing themselves up and everything. But she's just stuck in this mirror world. That's kind of like a a nightmare. That actually feels like a like that almost resembles that nightmare where you're running, but not running fast enough. Yes. You're screaming, but no one can hear you. It's just like a powerlessness. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So she's just kind of like she like wanders around in her mirror room for a minute. She sits down in a chair and she looks next to her and there's a book that has the Jabberwocky poem in it. So she opens the book and she starts reading the Jabberwocky poem. And then the Jabberwocky, which is this like weird monster thing, appears in her house in her mirror world. And they do, I watched a clip of it on YouTube. It's in the show notes if you want to find it and watch it too. They do this weird thing in the movie where they make the entire screen negative and then not oh. like color wise. Anytime the Jabberwocky's on screen, it's like all crazy. And it's a Jabberwocky approaching her. And then Apparently that was the end of the two parts, two part movie. That was the cliffhanger. Oh, she's being approached by a negative color demon. Yes. It's, (laughs) it's 
freaky. And so when I looked it up on YouTube, I went to look at the comments and see what people said. And um, a lot of people were saying that they like vaguely remembered this movie and they didn't know if they made it up or not when they were kids. But like they've thought about scenes from it and they were happy to find it on YouTube and find out that it was real. That was like of oft repeated sentiment is I wasn't sure whether I had a fever dream and invented this, but Oh my God, it's real. And people being like, what the hell? This was the cliffhanger at like three forty six in this clip. And as a kid, I never got to see the second half. So I basically just thought she was always eaten by the dragon or the Jabberwocky. And I was like terrified. (laughs) You never got the closure. No. Yeah. When they released this on VHS, they edited it and made the ending of the first half of it, the first movie, her running into her house and that it ends. So it ends on a happy note. And then when you open back up, oh no, actually she's in danger. She's on the wrong side of the mirror and there's a jabby, Jabberwocky there right. and she gets away from it and the rest of the movie happens. Um, so another standout moment to me, as I mentioned, is Jam Tomorrow Jam Yesterday. Not just the weirdness of that song, but a very scary, like warped, trippy, psychedelic thing happens after Carol Channing sings that song. So she's playing the White Queen in this movie, and she and Alice are walking together in a, in a what, wonderland. wonderland. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, her finger starts bleeding. And she's like... Alice's? No, the White Queen. The she's white wearing queen. like white head-to-toe, white gloves. And she's like, my finger's bleeding. And she starts screaming all scary and weird and showing Alice the blood on her finger. And she's like, things work back. And Alice is like, how'd you do that or something? She's like, things work backward here in Wonderland. I'm going to adjust my brooch in a minute and I'll prick my finger. And that's why I have the blood on my finger right now. And then she starts going like, adjusting her brooch and Alice is like be careful and she's like yep see that's what it is or whatever then she's talking to Alice right after this and her voice starts getting all deep and slow and warped like they just stretch out the audio of her voice and Carol Channing is talking like this and her eyes start just kind of like dropping and then she turns into a sheep (laughs) That's wearing her same white crown. Uh, 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 It is so bizarre. I know that it's Wonderland, right? It's Alice in Wonderland. I get that. So you're going to have like weird reality bending stuff. But some of this like trippy imagery, as creative as it is, Mm -hmm. which part of, I guess here's the real struggle in me. Part of me really wants to champion the weirdness. Oh, yeah, totally. It's awesome. Yeah. But another part of me is like, this is for like, like little kids are going to see this. It's very like, weird. Kids who are like three. I think that it may have been made because of, because of what I'm about to say next. Four kids, but so that their parents want to tune into it because they made it like event television by packing it full of celebrities. Uh-huh. There are tons of 1985 celebrities in this movie. And I pulled out some names that I recognized to tell you what their role was in this movie. Some of them are super famous. Some of them I thought was just kind of funny to mention. It's so weird. If you go to the Wikipedia for this, which is in the show notes, you see the cast list and it's just like, what the hell was going on in this? Um, so how about Red Buttons oh, as the White Rabbit? Oh. Sammy Davis Jr. as the Caterpillar? Sid Caesar as the Griffin. Everybody loves Sid Caesar out here, right, kids? Hey, I do like Sid Caesar. I know, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Do you guys like Sid Caesar? (laughs) Will and I do. He's great in Singing in the Rain. Wait, no, no, no. 
Caesar. talking about? Wait, who the hell is... There's like a lady... Sid Caesar. Wasn't he on a show of shows? He yes, gave yes, Mel yes. Brooks's start. There's somebody in Singing in the Rain. I just realized it's a lady, but she has Caesar in her name. Damn it. Sorry, guys. Sid Charisse. Oh. Wow, really? <laughs> I'm showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> showing beyond it's your age. Extremely <laughs> I don't old know when stars. Singing in the Rain is from. <laughs> name checking Sid Charisse. I'll make them laugh. <laughs> Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? My grandpa said go out and tell him a joke, but give it plenty of hoke. So that's what I'm trying to do here for you on Guides the Unknown in the year 2020. That's what we say to each other before we start the show each week. Yeah, it's a pump up. Yep. Um, okay. Sid Caesar as the Griffin, your favorite comedian. Sally Struthers as Tiger Lily. Ringo as the Mock Turtle. John Stamos as the Messenger. And Ernest Borgnine as the Lion. Wow. Ernest Borgnine as a lion is pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I could not find anything about the production as far as like, how did this go? Lost this sounds time. chaotic and yeah. crazy, except that it did semi well in the ratings. It didn't kill it. It didn't fail. Uh, and it did beat out TV bloopers and practical jokes on NBC in a competing time slot. <laughs> so good for you, Alice. Way to go, Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you want from that? I'm going to give you an option of two okay. things. Do you want another parallel reality story or do you want frightening logic from adults? I feel like part of the Carol Channing thing there is that as an adult figure, you inherently want to trust her. But then when she does crazy things like says that time works backwards and shows you her blood, it feels manipulative and <laughs> logic starts to erode. Yes. Um, the first one. The first one? Yes. Odd parallel reality? Yes. All right. Let's talk about uh, Return to Oz. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like that pairs nicely with Alice in Wonderland too. For sure. So Return to Oz is a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. You know, the 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 movie that we all love, we all grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some inadvertently scary stuff in it. There's an apple tree that uh, Dorothy picks an apple from, and then there, it turns out to be a puppet. Yes. And he's like, hey, how would you feel about it if I pull, someone came up and pulled stuff off of you? We've <laughs> talked about this before. We do not like that. Don't like it. Really alarming. Weird voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's very scary. But Return to Oz really <laughs> dialed it up to 11. <laughs> so this is from 1985. <clears throat> there... So this is this is a Disney movie. Yeah. MGM did the original Wizard of Oz, but Disney bought all of the follow-up books that Frank L. Baum wrote in the Wizard of Oz book series. And so they were able to adapt those. And the original Wizard of Oz book uh, was, you know, copyright-free by this point. It had been 100 years, I guess. Yeah. So they were able to just use that. The only thing they had to pay MGM for were the ruby slippers, which they had invented. They were originally like crystal shoes or something uh-huh. in the books. So, okay. It was going into production, and uh, the director, Walter Murch, um, decided to make it darker, which he evidently knew would be a gamble. Uh The result of his actions were this. Midway through shooting, he was fired. Enter George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola, who argued to Disney that Walter Murch was a terrific director with great vision. They rehired him. Oh, wow. To finish the movie. Wow. I mean, it is legendary. It, it might is. not be for the right reasons or yes. something, but it's crazy. Eventually, when this sucker came out, here's what one reviewer, Janet Maslin from the New York Times, had to say. Children are sure to be startled by its bleakness. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the darkest and most deranged children's movies I've ever seen. It's insane. Here is the premise. This is just a paragraph I took from Wikipedia. The premise. Mm-hmm. 
In October 1899, Dorothy Gale still talks of her adventure in the Land of Oz, troubling her Aunt Em and Uncle Henry, who believe she's fantasizing. In her yard, she finds a key with an Oz insignia. Aunt Em takes her to Dr. J.B. Worley for electrotherapy. They show young Feruza Balk playing Dorothy, who is much younger yeah. than uh, she was in the first movie. Right. Much younger. She's a little girl. She's like 10. Yeah. Leaving her under the care of an evil nurse, Nurse Wilson. Oh my God. As Dorothy is about to receive electroshock therapy, the asylum is struck by lightning and the power fails. Dorothy is freed from her restraints by a mysterious girl who tells her that Dr. Worley's machines damage the patients. Well, real quick, have you seen this before in its oh, entirety? Yes. I, Many times. I have not. I've seen this I've several, seen several clips times. of it. It's been on like in the background at like at my friend Sarah's house, but we weren't like totally paying attention to it. But I've seen especially the Goblin King, I yeah. think it's called clip a the million times. Gnome King and yeah. obviously the Wheelers. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I watched this with mom mm-hmm. the last time I saw, which was probably ten years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. But it was like on TV. And we were both in the living room. We we just watched the whole thing. I don't even know if we said a word to each other about <laughs> it, or if we were just like the hell was just that? Paralyzed by shock. What was that? You were startled by its bleakness. What just happened to us? Yeah. Also, the the room of heads. Yes. I remember. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she escapes. Nurse Wilson is in pursuit. She falls into a river. She clambers aboard a chicken coop. And uh, then when she wakes up, she's in Oz. My God. Now, on her return trip to Oz, things are different. She doesn't have Toto with her this time. Instead, from that chicken coop, she's got one of the chickens, a chicken named Belina, who in Oz is now able to speak. Emerald City, the once beautiful utopia, is in ruins. Oh. And all of its citizens have been turned into stone. Oh. Including the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion. King Scarecrow has been kidnapped by the Gnome King. It turns out that there is another land out there that went to war, yeah. came into Oz, turned everybody into stone, kidnapped King Scarecrow. So now Dorothy's going on an adventure to to get Scarecrow back and reverse all of this. She's going to meet new friends, which I always thought was, the the pacing of this was always weird. I didn't read the books. Yeah. Um, I always was kind of mystified that they were the same as her original friends. She meets TikTok, the mechanical man, mm-hmm. who is a little robot with a wind-up dial in his back to make him walk and talk. That's the same thing as the Tin Man, totally. basically. Yeah. She meets Jack Pumpkinhead, a tall, lanky guy with sticks for arms and a jack-o'-lantern for a head. That's basically a scarecrow. Right. And she meets the Gump, a moose head that's on a couch. I don't remember this at all. That can fly. And talk, which uh, it's a stretch, but is basically a, a lot like a cow. It's a yeah, it's I guess an, animal. an animal. Yeah, you know, it's an animal. Um, <clears throat> okay, here are some of the scary things. <laughs> she falls. Uh, she goes to, to Princess Mombi's castle. Mm-hmm. Princess Mombi seems to be like a pretty together lady, albeit stern. <laughs> until Dorothy discovers a room where behind glass cabinets are faces. Just heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like busts. Like you used to be a hairstylist and yes. you'd have to like cut the hair of, of mannequins and stuff. Which yep. is always weird to me. You'd open your car <laughs> trunk and there would be like a leopard print blanket and a severed head. I know. Terrifying. Disgusting. So those are all in these like glass cabinets. Um, and then she like tries to look at one of them and it wakes up and they all start screaming right. at her. Turns out Prince- Princess Mombi can change her head. She can. She has all these interchangeable heads that That's she can so wear. That's so awesome. It's it's so messed up. Very awesome. Very messed up. 
Um, Princess Mombi has, uh, I found out that in the books, she is the Wicked Witch of the North. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think they say that in this movie, but Wicked yeah. Witch of the West from the first one. Now she's the, there's the Wicked Witch from the North who's causing all kinds of mayhem. Mm-hmm. Her equivalent of flying monkeys are, as you mentioned, the Wheelers. When Dorothy first shows up in the ruins of the Emerald <laughs> City, there is scrawled graffiti on the wall which says, Beware the Wheelers. Yeah. Um, here's an excerpt from how they're described in one of the Oz books. It had the form of a man, except that it walked, or rather rolled, upon all fours, and its legs were the same length as its arms, giving them the appearance of the four legs of a beast. So this, these are people that are crawling around on all fours. Instead of hands and feet, they have wheels. Mm-hmm. And so they're basically like a rollerblading gang. Yeah. They all are dressed like some gaudy nightmare. <laughs> they're all wearing like suits with like little Technicolor things happening. Yeah, right. They're pale makeup. Um, in the book, they say that the wheels are made out of the same material as fingernails and toenails, which is gross. So Ew. it's part of their physiology. Um, ew, ew, ew. In the movie, they're constantly laughing, and eventually they will say to Dorothy, we'll tear you into little pieces and throw you into the deadly desert. It's extremely unique and very scary. Very. The wheelers are cool. They're very disgusting. Yeah. They they kind of make me think of Rocky Horror. I know. William, I agree. I was like, I feel like they're like British cool punks on wheels or yeah, something. Yeah, they're like punk rock. Yeah. D- disgusting gang yes. on wheels. Yes. With long arms. Yes. It's weird that they describe them as their legs, be- legs being as long as their arms. It's really that their arms are as long as their legs. Legs are typically longer than arms, right? Yes, that's true. So like they're hunched over on yeah, all they're... fours and... Ugh, Right, they're like tables. Chasing after you like a bear. Yeah. A rolling bear. Yeah. They also kind of remind me of that Neon gang from Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yes. Yeah. Functionally, yeah, they're basically the Neon gang. Yes. So they threaten to rip apart Dorothy and throw her into the deadly desert. A child. You know what the deadly desert is? And a child is? is watching this. I know. Yes, a lot of children. A lot of children yeah. are watching this. The deadly desert comes with this warning. All persons are warned not to venture upon this desert, for the deadly sands will turn any living flesh into dust in an instant. Beyond this barrier is the land of Oz, but no one can reach that beautiful country because of these destroying sands. Where did this was this? In, this wasn't in theaters, right? Is it a TV movie? No, this was in theaters. It was in theaters. This it is did crazy. Quite poorly. Oh well, that quite sounds poorly. Right. And then it became too sort of weird. A, a cult thing. Yeah. yeah. The Gnome King himself is typically depicted with claymation. Mm-hmm. And so he's this constantly shape-shifting, morphing mass of stone. Yeah. Um, and he'll eventually grow so big <laughs> that he tries to eat the gump. Oh, mm-hmm. God. But just like how the Wicked Witch of the West was inexplicably killed by water, he can be killed by chicken eggs. Oh, my God. So Belinda the Chicken really comes to the... Rescue there. Anyway. It's convenient, I guess. A couple of spooky facts about some of Dorothy's new friends. <laughs> TikTok, the mechanical man. There's an entire section of his Wikipedia that's about like adult stories. Mm-hmm. It seems TikTok is constantly being turned into some adult subject matter monster. There is a comic book called Oz Squad, which gives TikTok, TikTok an, quote, an internal clockwork morality spring. Meaning that if it winds down, his morality is gone, and he becomes violent and lustful. Ew. Who needs it? Um, There is a 1983 uh, novel called TikTok about a robot that breaks free from Isaac Asimov's laws of robotics to kill people. Wow. TikTok, 
this children's thing. I know my objection is constantly being turned into a monster. Yeah, like me saying "ew" isn't because I'm just like being prude over. It's weird that it's like something from a children's book yes. that now is violent and lustful. Right, like make ew, your own make robot. A, just make a different kind of robot. I don't know much about Wicked or a different name. I don't know much about the the play Wicked or the book Wicked. Yeah, I've even learned things from that where I'm like, oh my god, I started to read the book Wicked. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. I actually remember I was reading when I was in hair school and I dropped it like a hot potato. I was like, ugh, I don't need this. Uh, I just don't need it. Got right out. Yeah. yeah. And the last thing I have to say about this particular topic is Jack Pumpkin had the silly new scarecrow mm-hmm. made by a kid named Tip. 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 Okay. To scare Princess Mombi, he was brought to life with Princess Mombi's powder of life. So it was originally basically put together like a scarecrow and then brought to life. Yeah. Here's a fact about... Uh, uh, Jack Pumpkinhead, which I thought was actually kind of cool. In the fifth Oz book, The Road to Oz, Jack has settled in a large pumpkin-shaped house near the Tin Woodsman's Castle in Winky Country. Mm. Jack spends much of his time growing pumpkins to replace his old heads, which eventually spoil and need to be replaced. (laughs) That's sweet, though. Isn't that kind of sweet? Yeah. And it's like Princess Mombi, who has all these different heads and stuff. And there's a graveyard for all his old heads. That's cool. I think that's legitimately kind of cool. Yeah. And cool in a way no, that like... I think there's a lot of cool stuff in here. It's just really messed up. This is a kid's movie. I will straight up say that that Jack Pumpkinhead thing is literally the only one that I think is like arguably appropriate for kids. I think all oh, the yeah, rest of like, this is like deranged well, material. Well, it's a pumpkin. It's a pumpkin. Even though it's his head, you can still separate it from humanity exactly. enough that he replaces a new one and he's got he's the same. He's got the same personality, whatever. All the rest of this is like... I feel like it severs a connection from reality. <laughs> I've never let a child witness this. It's crazy. If you guys haven't seen this before, look up some clips from it on YouTube. Uh, it's so nuts. The Gnome King is very funny to me, though. It's he. Well, he has dainty. He wears the ruby slippers. Yeah, he says. Uh, <laughs> he says they're very powerful, and then they scroll down to look at his little feet wearing the ruby slippers. And whenever I see that, I think of him saying they're very comfortable instead. <laughs> it is pretty. That's pretty funny. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to a fun one. Okay. It's a fun quickie. Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 1985. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite movies ever. It's fantastic all around. It's very weird all around. I'll end this with a couple of other things from Pee-wee's Big Adventure that I found genuinely disturbing as a child. It's not just Large Marge that's scary in this movie, at least for me. But you may know her. She is the trucker who picks up Pee-wee and he gets more than he bargained for. (laughs) So here's what happens. Um, Pee-wee is hitchhiking and he's picked up by a truck with a driver named Large Marge. She's an older gal. Um, She kind of has like straight up Bride of Frankenstein hair. She's got like a big column of gray hair. She's spooky and she's staring straight ahead, even though she picked him up. And he comes in and he says to her, like, some night, huh? And she launches into her speech. Oh, her speech is so good. It's so good. She says, on this very night, 10 years ago, on this same stretch of road, in the dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. And she turns and... Tim Burton style stop motion animation scary stuff happens to her face. Her eyeballs pop out. Her hair gets all crazy. She's all of a sudden a crazy scary clay head and then goes right back to normal and just starts staring and driving again. And she says, yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. And he was just kind of like, 
huh. Like, he doesn't even freak out or anything. He's just like, okay. <laughs> and then um, he he's like, um, you, you can let me off here. And he gets out and he says, have a nice night. Being like, whoa, lady. I think it's very funny that Pee Wee doesn't scream or get scared or anything. He's almost more like annoyed and like, okay, weirdo. One of my favorite traits of Pee Wee yeah. is that he's sort of above it all. He's above it all. You know, he sort of like views other people as being weirdos sometimes, which I really yes. like. Yeah. You're right. He transcends everything. He's, he's the even, ultimate weirdo. He's not even afraid of the bikers at the bar. He's right. just like, all right, I guess I'll adapt to this. Yeah, exactly. I guess I got to meet them where they're at. Right. So he says, Has, have a nice day. And she says, be sure and tell him large Marge sent you and starts doing like an evil laugh, like ha ha ha, ha 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 or whatever. And later on in the movie, Pee Wee sees a plaque that says that large Marge died in 1974, meaning that large Marge who picked him up was a ghost and the accident that she was describing was her own. I really love that. I, I, it's I, awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. I think that it does play off of like a, a an urban legend that mm-hmm. people would tell. Yeah. About you know there are a lot of urban legends about hitchhikers. Right. But I think this was one about the hitchhiker who gets into the wrong car. Mm-hmm. But it was so fun to see it in that movie. I really love that. Was a fun one. That one oh, didn't totally. like totally. That one didn't traumatize me or anything. I just loved that. I loved the large Marge thing. Yeah. And I think it was maybe even one of those scenes that I downloaded from like Napster mm-hmm. eventually. You know. Yeah. It's so good when i was watching this i was like i should have a large march tattoo why don't i have a large march tattoo seems right yeah. it's so good that's not something that scared me from peewee either i liked that in peewee but there are a few things from peewee's big adventure that did freak me out that aren't supposed to be scary but i found them disturbing um i don't like it when peewee gives francis that black gum that liquefies and starts pouring out of his mouth as a prank yeah i, I like found that, that upsetting i didn't like that it was some cobble pot mouth yeah, it gives them complete cowpot mouth, and I hated it. I found that scary. I also didn't like it when they were like wrestling in the pool, and he kept putting Pee Wee under or something. I yeah. found that scary. Yep. Um, I think it's really scary when the pet store is on fire, and Pee Wee has to go in and save all the animals, and he comes out holding a bunch of snakes. <laughs> I found that screaming and faints. He's like ah, and then faints. I found that genuinely scary when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I found when he goes into the magic shop. Yeah. That magic shop scene is freaky. There are a lot of things that are eerie there. Well, that's, you know, early Tim Burton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, totally. And something I didn't know, I found out that when he goes into the magic shop and that weird owner, Mario, is showing him different stuff to buy. I found myself disturbed by Mario, too, if I remember correctly. One of the things that he's trying to get Pee-wee to buy is this giant head, and it's a head of Aleister Crowley. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, that's very weird. It's really, really weird. Huh. And then this isn't something that I was aware of and scared by or anything, but it's a connection from Pee Wee to horror, is that Elvira is one of the bikers at the bar when he does like... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When he does the... All right, so... Also, I wrote down... I didn't look at my notes for this because I didn't need to because I knew it, but I wrote down that Peter sees a plaque... That says Large Marge. Peter. I didn't write Pee Wee. I wrote Peter. You must have gotten autocorrected. <laughs> Peter Herman. <laughs> Paging Peter Herman. Peter Herman to the front desk, please. Oh, that's so good. That movie is so good. It's. I love that movie. All right. Uh, here's here's all, all the rest of mine are pretty little. There was not a lot of background information on these other things. As mm-hmm. I think they're a little more obscure. Not many people have much to say about these. I think they're they're really forgotten to time. Yeah. This next one's really really trippy. 
Um, this is from a, a kid's movie called Raggedy Ann and Andy, a oh, musical adventure. Mm-hmm. It's from 1977. We had it on VHS yep. growing up. I think I actually have it around here somewhere. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. So um, another sort of like Toy Story kind of idea. Raggedy Ann and Andy are toys. They live in a little girl's house with her other toys. When she comes in, they all lie limp because they got to pretend to be lifeless. But then they go on an adventure. Part of their adventure brings them to a hole in the ground that they fall through and land in a lake. Mm-hmm. What seems to be a lake. It's like a viscous orange goo surface. Yeah. And they're floating around in that paper that wraps around a cupcake. Mm-hmm. And then you hear all this like almost as if they're in a bog, right? You know, I love the Will of the Wisp. Yes. There are like little like blob globules of air that bubble up to the surface and and all of a sudden a face starts to form out of all of this orange goo and facial features appear on it made out of candy. And this is when they meet the greedy is what he is called. This was very scary this when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. insane. We watched this tape oh, yeah. so much. Yes, I had not thought about it in years until you brought it up. I, I knew exactly what you were talking about because this was... This is a legitimate, like, buried memory kind yes. of thing. Yeah, I had, like, repressed this. It was, like, formative. Should also say, look in the show notes for clips of these moments. Mm-hmm. Kristen and I have YouTube clips that we're going to yep. show you all if you want to watch them as we talk about them and stuff. So this face forms out of the goo, and it becomes a, a clear that Raggedy Ann and Andy are now basically floating on this thing's body. Mm-hmm. This thing is made of amorphous candy. He says, welcome to the taffy pit. Ugh. I eat all the time except when I'm asleep, and I never get enough to eat. I can't stop eating. I'm never satisfied or happy inside. Oh, my he, God. The way he talks, he's constantly yeah, right. he's got- slurping and slopping. And he's oh my God, endlessly William, you're so right. reaching out into the, the surface of the taffy pit to grab more candy and shove it into his own mouth. And then his head will disappear under the surface and resurface somewhere else, reforming out of different kinds of candy. And you realize, ew, he's sort of eating himself. Yeah. Over and over again, there are these little blobs blorping up endlessly. He sings a song about all the candy he likes to eat (laughs) and how the one thing that he wants is a sweetheart. Yeah. And I think that this is almost a metaphor for some sort of a depression Uh or gluttony or or treating your depression with addiction by eating. Yeah. Um, And it turns out that, you know, he he needs a sweetheart to feel better because he can't feel anything but hungry. Right. Thankfully, Raggedy Ann herself has a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that she, that's like pinned onto her little shirt or something she can give him to get away. But at a certain point, they're going like, well, I think we should go. Now he's like, oh, no, why would you leave? And he keeps eating and he's like, I can't let you go. And he kind of just keeps singing about candy and they're a- able to kind of drift away from him, <laughs> which is weird. He's distracted. Because you yeah. would think that the point of the greedy would be that like maybe he's going to collect them now or he wants yeah, to right. eat them. Yeah, or he's and, sticky and yeah. Yeah, it never quite gets that far and they kind of just move on. I mean, it is but a kid's thing, so I guess they had to. I guess they went far enough. Yeah, they just had to get to the next part of the adventure. Right. But it's almost then even weirder that that happened at all. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It didn't really amount to to anything. Um, but it made me think a little bit of um, – I saw a lot in the YouTube comments. People referred to this thing as like an HP Lovecraft type creature. Uh-huh. In- incomprehensible. Right. You know, you, you can't make sense – like his face is everything and yeah. nothing because he can disappear and reshape himself out of bits and pieces. He almost like 
can twist and stuff like the genie in Aladdin. Mm -hmm. He can just do like impossible motion things. Sometimes just an eyeball on a little stalk will creep out and look at them and then slurp black into the taffy pit. Because he's like liquid. He's aqueous. Yes. It made me think of The Thing. Yeah. It made me think of John Carpenter's The Thing and trying to peg down the physicality of this alien that can shapeshift. Right. And it was so disturbing as a child watching this thing. And uh, disturbing again as an adult watching it and having like flashbacks to watching this tape all the time. Oh, yeah. I watched some other clips from this movie as well. They would move into live action whenever the little girl came to interact with her toys, which is actually kind of cool. So like you would go into like the real world and she would like have Raggedy Ann and Andy that were like floppy toys. Raggedy Ann and Andy are really just like plush Mm -hmm. stuffed things. They're just cotton and fabric. Um, And then when she would leave the room, it would it would dissolve back to animation. They would all wake up again. But right. even Raggedy Ann and Andy are heroes when they sing and dance and stuff. They really took advantage of the fact that these are, you know, dolls without any, you know. Floppy. Um, yeah, they're all floppy and they're like florping all over. Remember yeah. when Mr. Potato Head had the body of a, of a tortilla in Toy Story 3? No. All right, well, he did. <laughs> and he's constantly <laughs> flopping around on top of himself and stuff. And it's kind of like the whole thing was very disturbing. Late 70s, uh, like really expressive animation. Right. Severely disturbing. Severely disturbing. Watch the clip in the in the, in the the show notes, I'm telling you. The greedy. Real quick, that reminds me of two things. There, there's something that we used to watch. Specifically, I remember we would rent it from the video store at Grandma and Grandpa's house in Massachusetts. It was a strawberry shortcake VHS where there was a scary bad guy in it who lived on like Blueberry Mountain or something. Does this ring a bell to you at all? No. Okay, I won't get, go any further because I don't totally remember. I, I never watched much strawberry shortcake. I was always right. aware of that as a character, but I, I, I didn't know if that was a show or I didn't know what it was. Maybe I sent you to bed and I was watching strawberry shortcake in the upstairs living room. Like I'd listen to you, dummy. Yeah, I'd pound you into dirt if you did it. <laughs> um, also, the floppy body being disturbing thing reminds me of a segment from The Muppet Show where Peter Sellers was a doctor yeah. and he was bending Kermit's body in all these ways bodies aren't supposed to bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that a Muppets in Space thing? Pigs in Space? Pigs in Space. Pigs in Space? Maybe. Captain Pork or whatever his name no, was. No, I think they were just on the same tape that we had or oh, something. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I think it's just like Kermit went to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. But, man, Peter Sellers, Sid Caesar, Ernest Borgnine. Real cool who's who this week. That's entertainment. That's right. Well, let me add another one to the pile, Will. Yeah. What do you think about Billy Barty? Yeah, I think a lot about Billy Barty, actually. I know you wait do. A minute, wait yeah, wait. When your eyes rewind, round and round I go. Round and round I go. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Billy Barty. Billy Barty is a little person actor who is in this movie called Radio Land Murder that Will and I watched a ton when we were kids. This is like weird George Lucas movie that nobody thinks about. And he's got a segment he's in He's like it. a band leader on yeah. a rotating stage that's presently killing a guy. Yes. And he's trying... He's simultaneously trying to perform the song he's the supposed show to must sing, go on. but also being like, what the hell's happened to the stage right now? Yeah. So they've got all this wacky music while Michael McKeon is like playing xylophones and stuff. It's the flight of the bumblebees. Yeah. I think is the Part music. It. So it's all yeah. manic and crazy. Mm-hmm. And they cut to Billy Barty, who's so old. 
so old. But he's like... He was old in Rumpelstiltskin of 1986. It's just like exasperated. I'm sorry. It just You made the reference to Billy Barty and it just made me laugh. Just made me laugh thinking of that moment in Radioland Murders, a movie nobody knows. No, Will and I watched it like, I don't know, like six months ago or something. Radioland Murders, we've like talked about it and thought about it. And we rewatched we re that Billy Barty part that we just talked about like three or four times because it was so good. Round and round I round go. Round and round I go. It's like all his voice is all soft. It's so, He's looking around confused. It's so weird. It's fantastic. Okay, so he played Rumpelstiltskin in a 1986 Rumpelstiltskin movie that was part of something called the Canon Movie Tales series. Canon? Like Canon Films? Yeah, I guess. Wow, okay. Um, They spent $50 million to make 16 live-action fairy tales, and it looks like they only ended up making nine because they didn't do well at all. They were almost all poorly reviewed from what I could tell, and a bunch of them are on Hulu, these movies. Rumpelstiltskin huh. is not one of them. Rumpelstiltskin is on Tubi TV, that like other app service thing, right. but a bunch are on Hulu, including The Frog Prince, which I think some of you guys might know because not unlike the Carol Channing, Alice in Wonderland thing, I feel like clips from The Frog Prince circulate on YouTube every so often because it's so disturbing and weird. Is that the Robin Williams one? No, it's different. Okay. Um, but so everything is scary in Rumpelstiltskin. I remember seeing this. I think that we rented it from the library. I think that's the deal here. Um, I found it so frightening, but I also kind of liked it because I like scary stuff. Yeah. And Billy Barty has like Uncle Leo eyebrows in it. He's this like drawn on black eyebrows to play like mean, mad Rumpelstiltskin. Um, there is a scary king in it who looks like the Burger King to me. <laughs> He's very threatening. I don't like his vibe. The Burger King. There's a prince in it who I think and I would like you guys to go to these show notes and watch um, the clip that I have in here. I feel like the prince looks like Taron Killam doing a character on SNL like five years ago. It, okay. I think he facially looks like him a little bit to me or something. It was just the first thing I thought of. And the princess or the chick in this movie is Amy Irving from Carrie and also Carrie to The Rage. So everything about this is scary. For standout moments, I said everything. Just watch the trailer. But the plot of Rumpelstiltskin is generally scary in itself because it's a Grimm's fairy tale and a lot of Grimm's fairy tales are freaky. So just in case you don't know the plot of Rumpelstiltskin, because I wouldn't say it's one of the hotter ones. Like people know it, but you know, just in case you don't know the deal, this is what happens in Rumpelstiltskin. So there's a, a simple country girl's father tells the king in their town that his daughter can spin straw into gold in hopes that that makes the king want to marry her to give her like a better life or whatever. So the king takes her, locks her away in a tower with a whole bunch of straw and says, spin this into gold by morning or I'm going to chop your head off. Uh. So she's stuck in there like crying and upset and a magical imp shows up who we don't know his name yet, but it's Rumpelstiltskin. And he says that he'll make a deal with her. He will spin this straw into gold for her, but he wants her necklace in exchange. And she's like, okay, fine. He does it, takes the necklace. The king sees the straw or the gold. And he's like, oh, yes, this is bank. I'm going to keep this chick doing this for now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So he puts her in a room with now more straw and locks her away and says, do it again. Rumpelstiltskin comes. They make another deal for something. Yeah, yeah. And it keeps going like that for a while. And the stakes are getting bigger and bigger. There's more and more straw that she has to spin into gold. And... Um, so as the stakes are getting bigger and there's more straw, Rumpelstiltskin realizes that he can ask for big, b bigger and bigger things. And so he asks her the last time, 
I will make this straw turn into gold, but you have to give me your firstborn child with this king who's going to marry you now because you've proven your worth because it's like horrible fairy tale land. And she's like, okay, fine. And she figures I'll get out of this later somehow, or maybe I won't have a kid. Who knows? So the king does marry her and she does get pregnant, but she doesn't want to give away the baby. Rumpelstiltskin comes when the baby's born. He's like, that's mine. And she's like, no, please give me another chance. I don't want this to happen. And he says, if she can guess his name in three days, then the deal will be null and void and she can keep her baby. And she's like, oh, God, what am I going to do? And she ends up spying on Rumpelstiltskin. She goes into the woods to try to, like, gather some intel. And when she does, she happens upon him at his cottage. And he is hopping around the fire so excited because it's the last day. He's going to get this baby tomorrow. And he's singing, Tonight, tonight, my plans I make. Tomorrow, tomorrow, the baby I take. The queen will never win the game, for Rumpelstiltskin is my name. So now she knows his name is Rumpelstiltskin. So when he comes, and he's like, okay, give me the baby. What's the name? She's like, your name is Rumpelstiltskin. And he can't believe it. He's so pissed off. And he's so mad that even though he's an imp and he's small, he stomps on the ground so hard that the ground splits open and he gets sucked in, never to be seen again. Oh, It's very intense. Billy Barty gives a hell of a performance. It's too effective. It scared young Chrissy. Too effective. Into having a recurring nightmare about Rumpelstiltskin running around our house throwing pebbles at the windows. It was the Billy Barty Rumpelstiltskin that was in your nightmare? Yes. Wow. Yes. We talked about that in episode one. Yeah, I mean, it's ser- it was a formative nightmare. We talked about that in episode one of this podcast. I don't think I knew that it was Billy Barty mm-hmm. that was to blame. Yes, it was the movie Rumpelstiltskin, and that's Billy Barty. I have, a, I have a very basic question for you. Sure. Do you only know the story Rumpelstiltskin from that movie? No. Okay. I, I've heard of it. I've heard it before. Why? You, you, because you told the events of the movie like they would differ from the fairy tale. They but do they a were- little bit. They do. So what I just read you is the standard fairy tale. In the movie, I think they didn't want to have the hero, the girl, have to marry and have a baby with her abusive captor. So they change it. And there's a prince that she falls in love with. He's the king's son. He's good. The king locks her up. And when she has a baby, it's with the prince. Right. So they change it in that way. I did not rewatch the movie. I watched the trailer. Yeah. um, But that that was a change. Wouldn't you like to see a reimagining where Billy Barty gets the child and then we can have like a Mandalorian with Billy Barty and a baby? (laughs) Yes. Is Billy Barty still alive? Probably. (laughs) He looked the same and... Like every year, I feel. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like how Leslie Nielsen looked the same forever. He had like the same face forever. Anytime right. I've seen Billy Barty, he looks like that. So for all I know, he's out there right now. Yeah. Looking like that. You're right. He could be out there waiting so- for you. <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> I better not have a Billy Barty nightmare tonight. Round and round I go looking <laughs> for you in your home. It. That's how I'll fight the nightmare. If I have the Rumpelstiltskin nightmare, I'll just wake up and be like, okay, Kristen, no, no, no. Think you know him. Find the good in him. And yeah. I'll think round and round I go. And then I'll drift off and I'll be fine. Fight the nightmare sounds like a tagline for a very bad movie. <laughs> yeah, fight the nightmare. <laughs> so I want to mention real quickly, there are those, this, the canon movie tales or whatever. They made some others. I could not resist. 
I looked at every Wikipedia page available for them. They're not all available because these didn't do that well. And they're not that big a deal. And I wanted to mention some notable movies. Um, basically, the movies that had notable cast members in them that I thought were funny. They made Puss in Boots starring Christopher Walken. Snow White, ag- Snow White again featuring Billy Barty. As, as a dwarf, Snow White. as Snow White, so he must become like a canon movie player. They were like, "This guy's got the goods," because yeah. Rebel Stilson was the first one. So they were like, "Let's call him bring up." Him back, yeah, it's bring- like American Horror Story. Exactly, the Ryan Murphy players, the canon movie tales, Beauty and the Beast with Rebecca De Mornay, Red Riding Hood, starring Craig T. Nelson in two roles. Neither one, I don't think, or neither one, I think, is a wolf. And yet on the cover, he looks kind of wolf-like. I'll let you guys unpack that. I was like, this is a story for another day. This episode's going to be two hours long. Starring Craig T. Nelson. And Craig Craig T. T. Nelson. Nelson. And Isabella Rossellini. Oh, weird. And Sleeping Beauty starring Morgan Fairchild. So as I said, the general sentiment about these was negative, and Rumpel in particular was not well received. William. Oh, Rumpel. Oh, Rumpy. All right. Well, from one cretin who would like a child Mm -hmm. to two cretins who got one. (laughs) Here's another one that uh, I really remember from my childhood. And uh, when we were trying to talk about things that are too scary for children, Mm -hmm. this is like the first thing that popped into my mind. All right. There's a show called Rugrats. Yes. It's a cartoon from Nickelodeon. It is literally about babies. They can talk. Whatever. It's fun. Okay. It's cute. In season two, there was an episode called The Case of the Missing Rugrat. Here is the premise from uh, uh, Klasky Shupo, the uh, producer, the production company. Oh, great. After finishing his grocery shopping at Green Street Supermarket, Grandpa places Tommy Pickles, the baby, into a Duesenberg, an old car, just for show. <laughs> he turns his back for a second, and then Tommy is gone. After extensive searching... <laughs> that already gave me a thrill of scare a little bit. Yeah, That's not good. The baby is gone. After extensive searching, Grandpa traces Tommy to a place known as Gray Gardens, located at 1531 Selma Drive, home of Emma and Clarice Pendragon, a couple of old, blue-blooded ladies who have adopted Tommy Pickles as their son. So I rewatched this. I remember this from my childhood as like... I don't really remember. I remember it like theoretically. It was alarming really yes this first aired in 1992 meaning that i was about six mm-hmm. about six um so let's talk about these uh these pendragon sisters emma and clarice pendragon their butler brings tommy pickles into their mansion which is dilapidated it is covered in cobwebs it is rotting there are two old ladies who are made to look as grotesque as possible for a Nickelodeon show. They are dressed like flappers. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is really like a flapper in like a, a dress for a fancy ball. Yeah. And the other one is wearing like a little girl's dress. Very, very, very much like whatever happened to Baby Jane. She's got her hair like in little like things, almost like pigtaily kind of things, like a little ribbon tied in her hair. The creators of the show must have had so much fun doing this episode. Uh, absolutely. I, I do not doubt that they did, but six-year-old Willie was terrified. Oh, yeah. And they, when they see their butler bring this baby home, start. they're like, what's that? A baby? And they get all excited about it. And the butler's like, Yes, I'm going to have to phone the authorities. I found this baby in the car. I don't know where it came from. They're like, well, you don't have to do that. You don't have to call the authorities. And they start convincing themselves and each other. Um, they go like, they go like, doesn't he look just like our father, the judge? Oh, my God. 
and they start referring to Tommy as Bostwick. They they name him after their deceased father and start convincing themselves that he is a sign or a gift or something. He is to be the heir of the judge. And they keep saying sad things. Like they'll be like, you know, I was almost married once. And like kind of like dancing around and giggling with each other and be like, I'm the pretty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um one of them is like heavily made up, but they both like the animation of it is always that they're crowding into the frame to get a closer look at Tommy oh and God. like puckering their lips to kiss him and stuff. And he's freaked out. He's like, uh, uh, uh. and uh, okay. All right. They're shown as in this old mansion that is in disrepair. They've got like dozens of malnourished mangy cats that they're feeding. Yeah. And Tommy Pickles wants none of this. Right. The other storyline happening in this now is that Grandpa is trying to find him. And it seems to be a parody of detective stories. So he's tracking down people at the grocery store where they had been being like, did you notice a car looks like this? Wow. Oh, I've got to find it for my grandson. And they're like, I don't think so. And he's like. So it's like Grey Gardens and the Beale family and Columbo? Kind of. And he goes, maybe this will change your memory. And somebody over there go like, a coupon? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> That's really Funny. The grandpa story is all about coupons as currency. Eventually, he keeps digging to find this car, find out where it's from. And somebody brings him into their office and be like, I heard you've been asking a lot of questions. I think I'd like you to knock it off now. And he opens a drawer in his desk and there's a stack of paper and he goes, what does he say here? He goes, there's enough coupons here to keep somebody in potato chips and guacamole dip for the rest of his life. <laughs> guacamole dip. <laughs> Trying to get grandpa to... Get off the trail. All that stuff, as an adult, I found very funny. That's really funny. Anytime we cut back to Tommy Pickles, now being dressed in like some like weird old-timey baby clothes yeah. and being like forced to eat, it's terrifying. He eventually meets a parrot who is like, he's like, hey, uh, are you trapped here too? And he goes, trapped here too? Trapped here too? Oh my God. And he goes, I knew it. I knew it. Well, uh, my name's Tommy. What's your name? He goes, my name's Tommy. My name's Tommy. And he's like, oh, your name's Tommy, too? The gag is that it... Doesn't get it. He's a baby. Babies don't understand that parrots copy what they're saying. He eventually hides under the bed to try to get away from these old ladies who are like, where did he go? Bostwick! Bostwick! Screaming and running around, but acting like little girls and stuff. Right. And then eventually he's hiding under a bed and the bird's under there. And uh, he goes... Oh, now to give him up? Yeah. Tommy's like, they can't know I'm under here. And the parrot goes, under here, under here. And Tommy goes, you squealed. And the old ladies go like, Bostwick. And now they're getting under the bed trying to get at him. And they're like, I found him. He's in here. He's in the judge's room. And then they go, they say something along the lines of like, uh, um, oh, as they're going in, actually, they go, well, surely he couldn't be in the judge's room. Nobody's been in here since. And they just don't finish that sentence. <laughs> oh. But when they finally get him, when they finally find him, they're like, of course he was drawn to the judge's room. Because, quote, obviously he was born to be a pen dragon. Oh, my God. And uh, then finally Grandpa finds the Grey Gardens house. And he goes and he's like, I I know my grandson is here. And they're like, no, we haven't seen anybody. He's like, oh, okay. And then he notices a rattle on the floor. And he's like, well, then what's this doing here? And the sisters turn on each other. And she's like, it's her. She's getting a little dotty up in the head. She's like, no, no, it's hers. And like, they're both acting like coquettish and yeah. weird and small. And grandpa eventually has to prove by showing photos of Tommy that that's his son. And then it all changes and they give Tommy over and the episode wraps up. 
But they're like, goodbye, Bostwick. Oh, my God. And Grandpa goes like, Bostwick? And it is, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. It's just like. It sounds awesome. As a child, I watched it and I like, I just, it's so funny. I, so watching it today, it's 10 minutes long. Right. <laughs> literally 10 minutes long really yeah each episode had two different cartoons in it oh that's so this right was only i forgot about the that episode. yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. 10 minutes long as a child i saw this thing so many times on tv Kristen, i'm not kidding i thought this thing was like like an hour yeah, like i remember saga. i like remember watching tommy pickles hiding under a bed from these old ladies that are searching for him for like forever yeah yeah forever navigating this old house that's like getting covered in moss right and 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 ruin and uh, it it was terrifying to think of somebody being trapped in a place with two crazy people, yeah, who are like lying and telling you who you are when you know that's not my name. That's not my name. I'm not Bostwick, right? So it's like gross, yeah, a gross kind of scary, and it's like gaslighting. Yeah, it is totally. It's, They're like, you are this. What a nightmare that was for me. And uh, uh, I like nobody talks about this thing. I had, I found it on like some weird video site. It wasn't even on YouTube. Yeah, like, weird. Yeah, nobody talks about this. I did, however, find a website that was very thorough in documenting all the scary stuff from Margaret's because evidently there was so much more <laughs> that people have been tormented by from That's this awesome. stupid old Nickelodeon cartoon about talking babies. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah. endless things that gave people nightmares. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to move us over to another Nickelodeon property for my final submission. Let's talk about the Zeke the Plumber episode of Salute Your Shorts. Oh, I'm so, I forgot you had this. I'm very excited. It's great i didn't watch the whole episode but i watched some clips and so your shorts is delightful yeah i've watched some of it as an adult not recently or anything but i remember thinking that it was still funny whenever it was that i watched it yeah you know i have not seen it i haven't had a reason to see it or anything but yeah i think i did watch the zeke the plumber episode for something mm -hmm. in the last few years and i and i liked it it's a nickelodeon show it's live action it's yep. sort of a sitcom-ish kind of thing about a summer camp right exactly and this is from 1991 so in the zeke the plumber episode bobby budnick who's kind of like the camp like bully you know pain in the ass joker guy who's always giving the counselor a run for his money is looking to scare his fellow camper so he tells him them the campfire tale of zeke the plumber so his story is that zeke um had his nose bitten off by a parrot another parrot is that right yeah mm -hmm. oh. so he had no sense of smell that's why he didn't smell it when he was digging a hole and hit a gas line after that he lit a match and he bloom smelt the his bloom smelt the <laughs> He blew himself to smithereens. Budnick said that he was a human party popper. <laughs> That's funny. He said the only thing they found of him, besides part of his upper lip, Ew. was his toilet plunger. <laughs> Budnick tells his buddies that Zeke wanders around the camp searching for his lost plunger. And, he, and anyone who touches it will be haunted in their dreams by Zeke. So they had the plunger while Budnick was telling the story. And Michael and Telly touched it. Oh, no. So now they're going to be haunted by Zeke. So Zeke has a very Freddy Krueger vibe to him. He uses their inner, innermost thoughts and nightmares to terrify them. So what happened in a clip that I watched is that he appeared in Michael's cabin in the middle of the night, plunging a ghost toilet. He just kind of appears in the corner, plunging a toilet. And it turns out to have been stuffed with Michael's uh, stuffed toy hippo. So he's like plunging. He's like, what is this? And he pulls it out and he's like, oh, this is your toy hippo. And Michael's like, you need to tell anybody about that. 
Yeah, like it's like an embarrassing oh, thing Oh, because he's him. probably supposed to be a big kid, but yeah. he's got this kid's toy, right? Exactly. So he's like mocking him with it or whatever. And then Zeke the Plumber puts the plunger to Michael's face and says, let's see what else we can suck out of here. Like suck out of his head, Ugh. memories and stuff. It is freaky and great and he has kind of like a soft weird voice he's wearing his appearance is that he's wearing like coveralls and a hat or overalls maybe and they say that because he's a burn victim he's covered in burns like freddy krueger but he's wearing like a human mask over his face to hide his burns and the mask has like a big like bushy gray mustache it's all obviously fake hair because it's you know a mask so it's like plasticky mustache plasticky gray hair then where the nose should be is a bloody bandage and because it's like a mask that's not fitted right it's just the rubbery mask hovering over where his eyes are so you can't see eyes or anything there's just like negative space behind the eye portion of the that's mask that's so weird it's so weird to wear a human mask yeah for a person like, to wear, because presumably he's so covered in burns, he wants to wear a mask that looks normal. But then on top of the normal mask, he did things to emphasize his injuries. Well, his I guess he has to keep his nose bandaged. But it's a rubber mask. I, I don't know. Yes, he did. The bandage is outside the rubber mask. That's as if, you know, Maybe the Michael blood- Myers put a bandaid on that mask's cheek. Yes, it is. You're right. But well, I'm, I'm, he's it's, scary. Not, it's not a criticism. I yeah. think that's really weird yes. and, and spooky. He's very creepy looking. Um, also, he's not real. Any sightings of Zeke during this episode were the counselor ugly dressing up to freak out the campers. And don't worry, Budnick gets his just desserts when Zeke comes for him. Yeah, he says, um, do you have how we got no. his comeuppance? So he gets Bobby Butnick to hang, hanging upside down by a tree. Oh, no, reverse. Bobby Butnick sets a trap and gets catches Zeke the plumber. Yeah. Now Zeke the plumber is dangling upside down from a tree. And Bobby Butnick is like, I'm not afraid of you. You know why? You gave it away. Turns out Zeke the plumber said to Bobby Butnick, I can smell your fear. Zeke the plumber couldn't smell because he didn't That's have right. a nose. That's right. He didn't have a nose. So he unmasks him and realizes that it's ugly, the, uh-huh. the, the camp counselor. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I found that really spooky as a kid. That episode is very Freddy Krueger. As yes. an adult, it's very Nickelodeon. It's for kids, right? It's, so like, it's fun scary. One of the nightmares is a girl is who is all into sports and uh, like um, – uh, I don't know, being really active. She is in a nightmare where she has to wear like a frilly dress and oh, stuff. Yeah. It's just not how it's she views herself. Yeah. And um and Zeke the plumber dances with her and they play scary ballroom music while he's dancing with her. Oh yeah. And sort of telling her her place in a weird way, actually. I guess that's, Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like you have to act like this. Yeah, that that is pretty freaky, actually. But so like it's all very like trippy. But there were a couple of things like that. Like Salute Your Shorts was always paired with another show called Hey Dude mm-hmm. that I did not really like as a kid. I liked Hey Dude. I think they did an episode of that show where there was almost like a locked room they kind of did. mystery. Somebody, how did they get into this cabin if it's all the doors and windows are locked? Right. They, there was some sort of a thing like that. And I, I think Zeke the Plumber and that episode were paired once or twice. and was like oh. a fun, spooky double feature. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. The last one that I've got. I mentioned at the top of this episode, it's not really a kid's thing, but it is something that Kristen and I saw as Don't kids like. that is disgusting. Uh, we've referenced this on, on shows here and there, that Kristen and I are not fans of what we refer to as wet puppetry, and it all comes from this. A music video for the song Land of Confusion by the band Genesis. Um, so this entire music video is... Uh, I, I found out a couple of interesting things about it. The music video itself is about um, Ronald Reagan... 
going to sleep and having a dream of world leaders shouting and stuff like that. Yeah. The way it's presented is that Ronald Reagan is a disgusting puppet man. Right. It's almost as if you drew a caricature. Mm-hmm. A really like almost like yeah totally almost like an offensive caricature yeah of people you know like a caricature yeah, artist usually will exaggerate features but usually in a comedic way mm-hmm. imagine being like all right well Ronald Reagan's got wrinkles yeah so let's give him like five chins and like they're it, grotesque they're incredibly grotesque but they give themselves the same treatment they they get as good as they give yes. And it's uh, horrible. Phil Collins has like a teeny tiny little mouth. Everyone's yeah. got like pouting lips and they're, they're puppets. So there's a hand inside this puppet's head that's mm-hmm. working the mouth and stuff. But the weird thing about it is that while that one hand is doing the mouth, these puppets have human hands like the Swedish chef. Right. So they each have like two sets of human hands while somebody's puppeting the mouth. It's all very disconcerting to look at. And Ronald Reagan in this disgusting like uh, humanoidal puppetry lies down in bed and has a nightmare and the bed gets gradually filled with more and more flop sweat as he has nightmares and is eventually completely underwater and like a rubber ducky floats above his head and stuff. It is so gross. There's not much to say about this except me continuing to, to try to explain how gross it is. It's extremely gross. We, I hated it. I hated it. Absolutely hate it. YouTube comments, everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Some of it's, yeah, a lot of people, this is like their favorite music video. They love it, love it, love it. Some of the gags. I guess it's creative, but bleh. I guess. Some of the gags in it are even terrible. Ronald Reagan is going, he's like, well, I guess that's it. Better go to bed now. Good night, honey. And he's in bed with Nancy Reagan. And then he turns to give a kiss to this chimpanzee. Oh, okay. A chimpanzee was in the bed because he was in a movie with a chimpanzee. So Ronald Reagan was an actor. Oh, so funny. The way that it ends when he wakes up from the nightmare is he 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 like goes to get a glass of water and he splashes it at his own face. Oh yeah. So more water, just adding water to right. puppets as much as they possibly can. Maybe it's like a J horror thing. Maybe, maybe. They're keeping it real damp in this music video. Yeah, it's true. K horror because Kristen yes. was terrified of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely was. So um uh actually there's a really good Ronald Reagan joke that's the same thing in Wet Hot American Summer, first summer of camp, uh-huh. first day of camp, where Michael Showalter is playing Ronald Reagan and he goes, Give me jelly beans. And then he jams his hand into a jar of jelly beans and throws them at his own face. <laughs> that's true. And like none of them go into his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, that's what they do in this music video, except it sucks in the music video. <laughs> is there a reference or something to him throwing stuff in his face that we're just not aware of? Maybe. I've Maybe no- it's in an old movie with that monkey? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't who, know. Who know. Bedtime for Bonzo. Or yeah, right, right. So then he goes like, I could go for another glass of water. And he goes to push a button on the wall that's labeled nurse. But he accidentally hits the button above it that's labeled nuke. Oh, no. And so he hits the nuke button. There's a big explosion. And he goes like, well, that's a weird nurse. And that's how the music video ends. What? Stupid. I do have to credit the writers, though, because I was going to say, is it a button that says war? And at least nuke and nurse are close to each other. So I would have done a bad job on this. War and water versus nuke and nurse. Which do I hate the least? What? No, I thought that uh, war was above nurse. Oh, okay. I still don't like that. Okay, right, I like that's what that I'm least. saying. I like that Nuke is better. So, um, so all the puppets are disgusting. I found out that Phil Collins had seen a show from the UK, um, which was in insanely popular. Uh, it's a show called Spitting Image that ran for 18 seasons from 1984 to 1996, where all of these caricature puppets came from. The entire show was caricature puppets just like this. I really sacrificed myself for this show. I watched a few clips from Spitting Image. It is disgusting. 
and they find as many ways to work moisture and water into their puppet act as possible. So forever we've been talking about wet puppets, and it really is a thing. It's a thing. These are wet puppets. It's a wet puppet. And they're from a show called Spitting Image, where even one of the things that was like one of the best of Spitting Image moments, I guess there was somebody in British Parliament who um, maybe like fumbled when he talked a little bit. So their, their, you know, naughty caricature of him is that he's constantly spitting all over people while he's talking. So it's this disgusting uh, caricature puppet face with human hands who's talking and water is shooting out of its mouth and all over the place. Ew. Multiple clips. I saw like a puppet squirting milk on people. Ew, Just like, worse. What are you doing? With and these, people love it. With these wet puppets. People love it. I did, I scrolled through a ton of comments and just did control F, scary, nothing. Control F, creepy, Get out nothing. Of here. Gross, nothing. Are you serious? Nothing, You really nothing, did nothing. control F, you I really for that? Did. I really did. I only found like a couple of things. They're like, like very small comments. Here's, here's one uh, like-minded individual that surgical <laughs> shred commented this seven years ago. These puppets, <laughs> puppets, <laughs> these puppets are worthless and idiotic. Thank you, Genesis, for the song and composition. Lose the puppets and never release another video like this in the history of mankind. And I agree. No more wet puppets. Thank you, comrade. Thank you, surgical shred. I hate. I hate wet puppets. These wet puppets. Well, Kristen, I've got. We probably talked about that in an early episode, too. I'm I wouldn't sure be we surprised did. if we talked about my Rumble Stilts and Nightmare. Those are two, like, pillars of who we are. Yes. We hate wet puppetry. I'm afraid of Rumpelstiltskin. Correct. And I'm afraid of that floating head that's chomping a cigar. That's right. Now, I read a threat. Okay. It's been announced that that UK show, Spitting Image... Get out of here. ...is being revived. It was announced this year that they're going to bring that disgusting wet puppet show back for some streaming service called BritBox. I know We might be safe. We might be safe from that. However... There was a ripoff of Spitting Image in the U.S. called DC Follies, starring none other than Fred Willard as the only human working in a bar in Washington, D.C., where puppet versions of politicians come in. And I, they look just like those other ugh, puppets. I don't They're know disgusting. about that. I don't like them. And Freddy Krueger showed up in an episode, and I watched it. Oh, my God. Will. And I also didn't like that. A lot of political jokes from Freddy Krueger. Was it actually Robert England? Yes. So that's like my nightmare is wet puppets and Freddy Krueger, who I'm also on record as not being a fan of. Well, there's a wet puppet vibe to Freddy Krueger. There is a wet puppet vibe to Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't need that. No, that's not at not all. not the part that I like. No, I reject that. I reject it all. Rejected. Huh. Stamped. Done. Get rid of it. Get rid of this music video. Yeah. I want it off the internet. You've We're got with you, Surgical Shred. Yeah, you've got one day to comply, internet. I <laughs> yeah. want this thing gone. I never want to see it again. I watched so much of this wet puppetry for this show. I have to say, this episode took me a very long time. A very long time. <laughs> this was the most research I've done in research, recent memory. I think it five took... topics each may have been a mistake. I think so, too. We also went very long. I agree. Yes. I okay. agree. Well, the only reason what? I even continued here is because I mentioned the Genesis video at the top of the show. I had to pay it off. <laughs> I know. I know. You couldn't leave it hanging. Could not do it. Could not do it. Well, guess what? Just like we're stamping done on the Genesis video, done, done on both of our foreheads. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Even though it took us a long time it to research time. and do as a show, 
I'm speaking for myself, but Will, I'll throw it to you. I really enjoyed it, so thank you for hanging out with us. Oh, I completely enjoyed it. This yeah. was a real return to some like to like some rotting bits of yeah. my brain from my childhood. Absolutely. That Tommy Pickles what thing. What if we're new after this? What if we've like purged something? That would be great. Maybe this was a very therapeutic thing new. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, follow along with us and see what happens. Follow us online at GTTUPod and see if you can see a progression of ourselves and our psyches yeah. from doing this perch. You can go to patreon.com slash GTTUPod to get all those bonuses we talked about at the beginning of the show. We would love to have you over there. There's a really cool p- group of people over there, so please come join us. You can also leave us a review online on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We would really, really appreciate it if you left us five stars if you enjoy it because it makes us feel Really great and gratified. So thank you very much. Yeah. If you have other moments like this from your childhood Mm -hmm. or other inadvertently, you know, traumatizing, scary things from children's entertainment or, you know, just a show that's not meant to be terrifying. I would say put them in the group. Put them in the group. Put Mm -hmm. them in the group. I feel like there are a few places you can put them. Put them in the group. Write with that five-star review and share your nightmare. Yeah. Because we definitely read those. We'll see that. Yeah. Lickety split. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I definitely want to see more because I can imagine doing more of this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Go hit up patreon.com slash GTTU pod. If you enjoyed this episode, if you're hearing our voices right here, I know, I know, but I'm going to say the new stuff. So, um... Right now, we've got brand new things out there waiting for you because we just did our Scream 4 commentary, which is up there right this second. You can also go look at the uh, video of us finally watching this Scream 4 VHS, this bootleg and finding out what was on it. It's so weird. I, I By the way, I want to kind of copy this entire tape just to have it. Okay. Right? Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, go check out all of that stuff. Really happy with those things that we put out there i'm really like pleased yeah. with some of the cool patreon stuff yeah we've got going yeah on. So i am too thank you to everybody out there who already backs us thank you especially to new backers mm-hmm. who are finally jumping on board and uh really anybody else out there go for it it's all yeah. seriously just sitting right there you can go marathon at all yeah it's awesome yeah um so thank you all so much for hanging out with us you can check out anything else by going to the to the hub for all these things gttupod.com the new home of all the stuff that we're going to do for this uh little program mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll see you next time we're going to be back next week for more spooky weird sometimes gross stories but until that time comes right. we must travel back to the netherworld go we Turn off the TV. Yeah. And click. Click. Thanks for watching.